Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Georgia. With me is Greg Velasquez in Iowa. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Here we are. The final window of World Cup qualifying starts in six days in Mexico City. I do not think it is hyperbole to say that the future of men's soccer in this country hangs in the balance. (laughs) And we now have a roster. Greg Berhalter announced the 27-man selection on Thursday, and he held a press conference Thursday evening. Greg, how are you doing? (laughs) I I don't think you're wrong necessarily that it hangs in the balance, uh, but I think the balance given the players on this roster uh, and the opponents and the situation are, are already tilted in our favor quite a bit. So I'm excited with just that tiny little bit of uh, underlying anxiety uh, that will remain until the math is done and dusted and we are auto-qualified. Yeah, I know hangs in the balance has the has the implication that it's like, like could go either way, but I, I mean it in the like narrow sense that it hangs in the balance <laughs> even though it very likely will go the right way. Still, uh, it's, it's going to be a nerve-wracking couple weeks. Let's start with the big news. Uh, Serginho Des got hurt yesterday for Barcelona. What do we know about that? Uh, out for, I don't think we have a full timetable yet. I think, um, I think the word was just that his recovery will determine his availability, which is, you know, obviously. Uh, I think the language <laughs> they used was torn, torn hamstring, which is, I feel like, uh, exactly what it, any strain, any muscle strain in Europe is described as a, as a tear. Right. Whereas in the U.S. we're used to hearing like a strain first and then tear if it's like really serious and terrible. Um, but it could, I mean, it could just be a minor thing that keeps him out for a couple of weeks. It doesn't mean torn hamstring, surgery required. He's out for six months minimum. Uh, but I think it's super unlikely that he's in any way involved in this window for the U.S. He, he, so George Bellow was uh, announced as a, a late add to the roster after that news came out. But it didn't, that, that announcement did not include Sergino Des not being, like, pu- being pulled off the roster, did it? I don't believe so. Yeah. So but I, may, would be, I would be shocked if Dest is, is back and plays any role in this window. For yes, that's the, that's the long story short version of it. He's probably not going to play. And Bello has been added. Um, he Coming off his first start for Armenia Bielefeld uh, last weekend. So a little, bit of, a little bit of momentum behind young George. Other big news is that John Brooks is not on the roster. Berhalter said it's about how we want to play in this window and the opponent. And Brooks is not out of the group forever. He was even pressed on this. He was even pressed on this. Quite by, a bit, quite yeah. a bit, right? Quite a few questions on this. Yeah. Ivis Galarsip said, well, do you understand how people might think that he might be actually out forever after all these omissions? And, uh, and Berhalter stuck to his sort of boilerplate lines about, I'm not saying boilerplate lines in a, in a, in a way that is critical necessarily. Just he stuck to what he was saying, which is that he's not, he's not out forever. This is just about this window. And I guess... That's that, I, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, and we don't have to we don't have to do a full relitigation, re-relitigation here. Uh, I think it's a little bit the reason I think it's crazy to to sort of use this as the as the rationale of uh, he doesn't fit the way we want to play in this window for these opponents, which I think he's done a couple of times now. Right, um, is just because you don't always get to dictate the prefer. I mean, you could have a preferred way of playing, but within a match it doesn't always pan out the way that you get to play that way. It could be something the opponent is doing. It could be something where, you know, the, the idea here is Brooks uh, is not a great fit. If you're going to play a high press, high line, you know, center backs have a, uh, a tendency or a higher likelihood to be isolated in space. Right. And 
that is a totally reasonable uh, uh, justification for leaving out a John Brooks in favor of like an Aaron Long type uh, who's in this group. The issue becomes like, okay, but what if you play a team who's not interested in letting you press them and just lumps the ball back to you and then sits deep? Then you need, uh, or the game might call for, center backs who are more distributors. So against Canada, uh, you know, when they sit back or when they lump the ball up to us and sit back, we might need that player. Uh, I'm bringing Canada up because uh, I'll go back to that Herdman episode again. They are intentional about getting their defenders in positions where their defenders are one pass away from creating those AVPs because that's a really important thing to do is to get your uh, deep line in position to do that. And we want to be able, I, I think it is useful for the U.S. to have the option of having John Brooks there to do that. I think when you put it like that, it's, it's impossible to disagree with. He needs to be available for that reason. Brooks's statement, which was relayed by Derek Ray on Twitter, uh, I'll read it in its entirety. It's kind of interesting that a, a player would release a statement about being omitted from a roster. That's not usually the case. Here's what he said. Months ago, I accepted responsibility for my play and the decision that kept me off a roster. Now, I'm happy I've regained my form, but unfortunately, I wasn't invited to camp. I accept this as the coach's decision, but I won't accept that I can't change this before the final World Cup roster selections. There should be no questions about my desire to play for this team. My plan is to fight as hard as I can to make it back to the USMNT. My American identity is at stake, an identity some have questioned over many years. We, Americans, have all been down and out at different times, but we always fight back, and I plan to do the same. Uh, so another, another what I would describe as classy uh, response from Brooks, very professional. Uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's a, it's a good response whether he feels that way or not. Right. Uh, and and I, I'm glad he's doing that. It seems like he, it, I hope that he does find a way back into the picture uh, between himself, Berhalter, whether it's style of play, whether it's uh, anything else, you know, the whatever else people kind of whisper about. I, I hope that at some point we find a way to get him in because, again, he can offer something that can help us win soccer games. Yeah. It's obviously a pretty well-finessed statement. Um, like he didn't just come up with that off the top of his head. Uh, <laughs> and he probably got some help from an agent or something, but it's still a good statement. I think I, I agree. It's classy. And uh, it was, it's also interesting that it was pointed out by USSF's press officer, Michael Cameron, in the middle of the Burhalter press conference, which is interesting. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means, but. It also does not mean it's not a good statement. It's still still a good statement. And I, I agree with you that he, he offers something that we could use in basically any of these games. Next up, Jordan Pifox in and not Josh Sargent. I don't know that the not Josh Sargent part is really that notable. but <laughs> You had to throw that in there. Not, not a lot of people. There are, there are literally thousands of strikers who are US, USA eligible who are not in this lineup. It, it's kind of like it came up, the, the two things kind of came up in conjunction in the, in the press conference, I guess is why, okay, I, that's that's why I say that. But you're right. It, there's no real, I mean, there's a lot of people who are not in the, in the roster. <laughs> 320 million people are not in the roster. Berhalter was asked why PFOC and not Sargent, and his answer was just goals. And then he, he went on to say, uh, you know, PFOC's physical presence in the box is going to be useful. We think that's going to be useful in, in Orlando against Panama, which was kind of surprising. I mean, we were sort of thinking of it like the opposite, right? PFOC. That was, that was my hope, and it still is my hope. And I don't know how, how much of this is Berhalter being cagey because, uh, you know, you don't want to give away your game plan uh, two weeks out. 
Right. The thing about international soccer is is that there is extremely limited time to prepare for your opponent or even to prepare your own team just to play the way you want them to. So, you know, you don't want to give any teams shortcuts for how they can prepare for you. You want them to have to prepare for a lot of different things. So I'm hoping it's caginess. I also know that, you know, they're out of all the different approaches we're going to talk about. Uh, none of them are, I don't think any of them are really like terrible. They're all, they're all going to be like within a realm of like, okay, that's, that's a way to try this window. It, it'd be more than caginess. It'd be a deliberate uh, misdirection, which would be awesome. You know, if that's what he's doing, trying to signal that he's going to start PFOC against Panama, even though he has the opposite plan. But yeah, who knows? Um, going on about Sergeant, he said, Josh is a guy that's going to break through and be a national team number nine in the future, but we just have to wait. He was like, he was like, I don't know. You guys are going to have to help me with this. He said that to the press corps. You guys are going to have to help, help me with this. I mean, he's a, he's playing right wing. He's not getting into the attack a lot. He's not getting into the box much. Um, it's all true. Every, everything he said about Sergeant is true. I don't know why we're talking about Sergeant so much. Why am I talking about Sergeant so much? <laughs> Sergeant stays in the bag. I think that's Burhalter's paraphrasing of saying Sergeant's name is in the bag. Uh, his name might get drawn at a later date. Horvath in. Ethan Horvath has started five straight games for uh, five straight league games for Nottingham Forest. Uh, conceded two goals in those five games, and that they have not lost any of those games. So it seems like he's in a pretty good position with his club for the first time in many many months. Uh, could not have happened at a better time. Right, Turner not involved with the foot injury. Uh, Zach Steffen just back. Uh, City have an FA Cup game this weekend, so we'll see if Steffen actually gets some minutes before the window. Uh, but we made the bench for City's last match, so he's at least healthy enough to be considered for City or to be a, an option uh, in the event of anything happening to their number one. Um, and then obviously Sean Johnson is sort of the, the reigning utility third keeper. I'm, I'm kind of just assuming that Horvath jumps over Johnson immediately by coming in. Johnson had a little bit of a rough outing midweek in Champions League, I think. Um, I did not watch it. I just saw that people were saying it was a rough outing. No Sebastian Legette, not in the roster at all, even though he's uh, starting for the New England Revolution. That's kind of an interesting development. Uh, a, a little. He's, he's been uh, left off of like every... I mean, he, he has not appeared in the, the U.S. Uh, he has not made it onto the field for the U.S. since the Panama game. Um, so, so maybe not Burhalter, Burhalter took that took that performance uh, as negatively as most of the fan base did. Uh, and again, this is somebody who Burhalter trusted a lot leading up to that game. And so no additional wiggle room as far as minutes went. He got a lot of call-ups. He was in a lot of camps. Uh, but yeah, it seems like this was probably coming. Yeah. Okay. Jazzy Zardes also dropped, which I think is another sort of Burhalter guy, uh, he's got a, at least he's, he has scored in uh, league play for Columbus, but has not started a match for Columbus in league play. He's been passed by Miguel. And so you wonder what Zardes' future will be with the national team here. And then an, uh, another interesting inclusion is Eric Palmer Brown. He, he's sort of in from the wilderness. He, started, he has started nine straight games for Trois a team that's not quite mid-table but is also not in the relegation zone. Just an incredible renaissance for him after riding the bench for most of the fall. And, I mean, it's worth reminding ourselves that this is a better league than Belgium where Mark McKenzie plays, or actually 
doesn't really play that much. And, Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, shout out to, I got to give a shout out to Mac Earhart of Earhart Seed in Albert Lee, Minnesota, who has been asking about Palmer Brown for months and uh, not really getting many good answers from me on that. <laughs> I've, I finally went through some of the clips and it, it does seem like he's kind of turned a corner. He was um, just really decisive in duels over the weekend in a 1-0 win over Nantes. It looks like he has a, a bit of an edge to him that I did not perceive when he was playing in Austria. You know, just like a, uh, with all, you know, all respect to rule four, a hardness to him, like a hardness to his play. I couldn't think of a better word, honestly. It's like just a, <laughs> like a, like a, um, like a hard man quality when he steel, sees. Steel, I think him. is the, is the Britishism. He's got, he plays with some steel. Yeah, I didn't notice that back in Austria, and I it seems like that's who, that, that's how he was playing over the weekend, at least. So cool to see him, and he's played he played in a three man back line. They're playing playing kind of a Costa Rica five four one in Trois. Well, it EBB, EBB's call up, I feel like he should give some hope to first off, like the other players in the pool who might feel like they're being uh, overlooked, uh, but also all of us speculators uh, because a lot of you know there's a, there's sort of the line like you can't introduce a new player this at this point uh in qualifying well EVB has never appeared for Greg Berhalter like never been called up his his last call up was uh Dave Sarakin era uh so like having this happen to him I think sort of shows that you you can't at any you sort of shouldn't dismiss any of these players who are very much on the fringes uh and I'm talking like like Alex Mendez who's been playing in the Portuguese first division I'm not expecting a ton of new call-ups going into Qatar but it just means like yeah he they, they would if, if they decided it's, uh, it's the right guy, they would bring someone in. The, the doors aren't closed. That's encouraging to me. Yeah. Should we, so let's go through the rest of the roster. I don't think there are any other big surprises. Um, no, we had a, we had a long, we had a decently, uh, decent sized list of like locks going into this where we knew these guys were going to be there and it would have been total shockers if they weren't. And all of those players made it. Uh, and then there were a lot of wide open spots. So, uh, coin tosses is, is kind of how I thought of them. So the goalkeepers, we, we talked about Horvath, Stefan, and Johnson. For me, it's in that order, but uh, I'd kind of expect Stefan to probably start one between one and three matches in this window. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Berhalter has in mind. I think what he said about Hor- Horvath in the, in the press conference is it's, it's definitely a battle now uh, for that starting spot. Um, of course, Anthony Robinson is there. Uh, Yedlin and Cannon are no big surprise. We mentioned that Bella was a late add. I guess James Sands as a defender is kind of a, a little bit of a surprise, maybe. Sands, Sands is, I, I think I would also call Sands and EPB as we talked about surprises. I was surprised uh, or at least frustrated again when there was no backup left back originally. Uh, when it's the implication, I think clearly is that Serginio Dest is considered the first choice left back backup. Is that how you'd phrase it? <laughs> yeah. You could just call him uh, the second choice left back. And it's, I, I think that could work in, a, in like the final roster when we're going to the tournament, if, if, it, if that's what we do. But I feel like for these three game windows, I hate the idea of being like forced into using Serginho Dest as a backup left back if that comes up. So if something happens to Robinson, now we have to move Dest over there, which means we can't like rotate Robinson and Dest uh, as coherently as we might like to. Mm. Um, so. Like that, that always bugs me. It's bugged me from the first window on, like bring a backup left back. So you don't have to use Dest in that, in that capacity, uh, against your wishes, against your plan. 
And then when Des gets hurt, then that all becomes moot. And we do just bring in that backup left back. So it's, so it's Sands, EPB, Zimmerman, Miles, and Long as the center backs, right? Yep, those are the center backs. And I would imagine, my guess is Zimmerman, Miles, and Long are, are doing the lion's uh, share of the, of the playing here. We are going to get into later whether we're going to play a 3-4-3 against Mexico and whether that's a good idea or not. But uh, I, do you think Sands could also be here as cover for, I mean, he's got to be there for cover as a, as a six to some extent, at least. Right. I think so for sure. I think, uh, you know, you talk about Adams is on a yellow, so there's always the possibility that we lose him for a match, which means you'd need somebody to back up Acosta. Uh, you also have the possibility of Acosta having to step in for McKenney as an eight, which, which sort of thins that those defensive midfield minutes for, for him as well. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think Sands as a third six also makes decent sense. I know people might disagree with him being the guy, but bringing in a third player capable of playing that six for me is important, necessary. Yeah, he he's he he at least is a a credible option at well a credible option at both positions. I I don't know that he's going to be that good as a center back in a four man back line. But I you've made the distinction in the past that he looked really. He, a lot of people will say, well, he was terrible against Honduras in the first half, and he and he was. Why do you think that? Why do you think that doesn't necessarily disqualify him from getting called up here? Because he won't be used in that capacity again. I, like there's no chance even Burhalter would, if we do go three, four, three for any games that one of the two central midfielders in that three, four, three would be James Sands. Like he will be a center back in that, or he will be a center midfielder in a three center midfield setup in our four, three, three. I was always kind of taken with the idea of him being a, like a flex option in a three, four, three, where he could play in the middle of a back three and then, kind of occasionally be a six, you know, sort of go back and forth and decide when to, when to do that. We have never seen that really. Um, no, we saw it. We saw it in the gold cup. He was doing it. And then, and then when Zimmerman went down with injury, we couldn't do it anymore. I think he did it against Martinique, I think was the game that he was really doing it. Uh, but then once Zimmerman got hurt, it was no longer an option. And uh, he was a center back in a four for the rest of the tournament, which doesn't play to his strengths either. He's a, he's a player with, that needs to be in a very specific setup. I think. Um, but we haven't seen it since, I guess. We the last time we saw the only in la, the only time and the last time we saw Sands was that Honduras first half, first half and first half of the second half. Adams Defense and mids, there yeah. you go. Adams and Acosta. Uh, I assume the primary choices from Burhalter's comments. It sounds like he will lean on Adams for as long as Adams is not suspended. Yeah, mind over matter, I think were the exact words he used. He, because he was asked, like, Adams hasn't played a lot for RB Leipzig lately, which is a true true thing to say. And he said, mind over matter. He'll, he'll, he'll make it happen. He'll will himself to make it happen. Will that oxygen into his blood. <laughs> and then the number eights are Yunus Musa, Luca De La Torre, Gianluca Busio, and Christian Roldan. Um, Busio also struggling for minutes a little bit lately. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he, he's got like one start in the last uh, month or so. And it was, uh, I mean, he's, he's kind of, for me, looked about the same that he has always looked, which is not someone who, for, again, for me, demands minutes in the U.S. men's national team. But we are light, right? We're light without McKinney. Uh We're light with some of, I mean, with, with Leggett going, falling by the wayside. We are just light on numbers who have been tried there. It's really difficult to come up with 
two separate midfields for this camp that you're happy with if you're thinking that we that rotation is mandatory given the uh, uh, conditions, the altitude, and the turnaround times. Uh, so it's just it's a tough spot to be in. There aren't a ton of choices that make me really happy to think about. Which is why the three four three comes to mind, right? Yeah, and even then it's it's tough. Like I don't love any of the choices in a th- even even dropping down to two midfielders because the ones who can do it the best probably you can't play together if if rotation is the goal. Adams and Acosta, right? Or Adams or Musa. That's why we're gonna need Adams to go mind over matter. <laughs> And then the strikers, oh, whoa, 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 bells. The, um, the wingers slash half-space merchants are Christian Pulisic, Tim Weah, Brennan Aronson, uh, Paul Ariola, and Jordan Morris. Uh, I, I put Weah in there twice. That's, what you, that's why Bells was stumbling for a second. Gio Reyna is the, is the sixth. Of course, of course, of course. More like the third or fourth, but listed, I mean, makes up six half-space merchants. Just back from injury. Uh, he's had two substitute appearances. Hopefully he gets more minutes this weekend without getting hurt. Uh, and pretty, like, it's a pretty exciting group of half space merchants. We've got our, we've got our big four all in one camp. Yeah. We have the full compliment. Uh, I have to issue a correction. I said, I said, I think last week that Kellen Acosta is obviously, or very clearly our best set piece taker. <laughs> and, um, I was, uh, I was taking a task for that on twi- Twitter with absolute justification Gio Reyna is right there with him, perhaps better. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the stats, but Reyna dropped a dime on uh, Axel Witzel's right foot uh, over the weekend. Was that over the weekend or no, it was just a couple days ago for the game winner uh, coming off the bench for Dortmund. So that was really nice to see. He almost he also took a free kick that uh, tested the keeper a little bit. So I, I like him for set pieces. Berhalter said... Berhalter said they're going to have to really manage Reyna's minutes carefully because and I'm going to try to reproduce how he said it very as, as best I can. He said the most important thing is sending him back to his club healthy. Wait, wait, wait. The most important thing is qualifying for the World Cup. And the second most important thing is uh, sending him back to his team healthy. Um, and I can't, you know, you can't disagree with that. He's, he's going to, he's, I don't know, is he going to be able to start any of these games or is he just going to be a bench option? I don't know. Any minutes we get is a bonus for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm just hopeful that we do ha- like literally have him as needed. Like if we need, if we need to chase a, if we're chasing a goal in any of these games that we can bring Gio Reyna on for 30 minutes. That's my hope. Yeah. If he starts, that would be outstanding. Yeah. Also asked about Wayas, uh, you know, capacity for minutes given he hasn't played a lot lately. Uh, so it was, it's basically Adams, Wea and Reyna are the players who like, we we need a lot from who haven't been playing a lot lately, and um, Berhalter just sort of acknowledged that that's going to be a bit of an issue. But especially, you know, it was interesting he said about Wea that there his minutes are going to have to be managed carefully too. I I guess I hadn't been thinking of it that way because I thought you know he's fully fit. He may not be getting ninety for Lille very often, but at least he's fully fit. But like a lot of this, I just want to chalk up to extemporaneous speaking with Berhold. I know, I mean, obviously he knows what he's talking about. It's his, these are all his decisions that he's put a lot of thought into. But, you know, if, if, we're, if we're getting to the point, which we do, of like dissecting uh, every sentence he makes and picking out all his word choices and who he was talking about in that moment, like I, I, I don't know that any of those things are really going to matter yeah. uh, when, the, when the 
lineups and substitutions are actually made. Yeah, that's that's fair. I Phil Sock eight gonna get a second shout out in a in a week's time here, but he was he in the Discord he called it downright Talmudic. <laughs> <laughs> and um that's a good way to put it. Uh yeah. I was going to do another, I was going to do a sad you see reference, but that's, that's a little too deep. I think, um, <laughs> strikers are Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Pifak and Ricardo Pepe. Same question on Pepe. Uh, the Talmudic observations from Berhalter were, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's also not, he's a little bit troubled by Pepe's performance lately or lack of minutes, but he had a good talk with him on the phone and he's ready to go. And, uh, He's a natural goal scorer. He just needs to get in the right spots. Yeah, these are three good names out of the hat. I'm obviously partial to Ferreira and his aesthetic. Uh, I'm hopeful that it is Ferreira against Panama because I think I think he's our our best like uh, lock picker. Fit. Yeah, best lock picker, best fit in the in the way we can play when we do get to sort of dictate terms and home matches have been where we could do that the best. Uh, and so that's what I'm hopeful for, but. If he gets tossed into the Azteca, like it's on him to make something happen. Yeah. All right. So anything else on the roster before we talk about how we're going to line up in these games? I think that's good on the roster. Was it, were there any other guys that you wish uh, had been there? Not necessarily shocking omissions, but just that you would were like kind of hoping to see. Let me think. No, not, not really. Uh, what, 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 you obviously you have an answer. We'll go ahead. <laughs> no, not really. It, it, I, I go back to that EPB inclusion, which means that like they, they we can introduce people. So then it's like okay, would would like uh, Paxton Pomacall or some other eight Tim Tillman from Greater Fuerth have been <laughs> have been like possibilities? Actually, no. The name the name I was really the most curious about, um, which is also like projecting my own style of play that I was hoping we would see at the Azteca. Uh, was actually Alfredo Morales of all people because you just want to uh, ugly you just want to ugly it up want to ugly there. it up like and we just don't have any other uglifying eights uh, in the in the pool who have played for Greg Berhalter Alf- Alfredo's been to several camps for Berhalter I, it was way back in 2019 uh, but that's sort of his specialty um, so that's where that's where I was like would we would we bring him back and the answer clearly is no but if we're playing if we're playing that way like I would much rather see Alfredo Morales in a lineup in Mexico city than Gianluca Buzio. I don't have a lot of confidence in, in Buzio. So maybe I need to, you know, apologize again. Uh, I think Buzio could look really good in the home game against Panama, but I don't want him in that game. Cause I want that to be our very best 11, which for me would be Musa and Luca de la Torre. All I right, think I'm getting, the, I'm getting too far into how we want to line up. So well, should we well, just commit to that? Well, well, before we do, I, on Pomacall, I mean, he does come to mind as somebody I'm curious about. I don't know that he's like demanding minutes with the national team at the moment. Um, but, it, but, you know, we don't have that many eights in the roster. So, I mean, bringing him along doesn't seem like it'd be the worst thing, but it's, that's not obviously not in the cards at the moment. That's, that's what's, yeah. Same thing for me is like, I just want some like eights who cover a lot of ground will get stuck in in a tackle. Uh, and that's, that's who came to mind for me was Pomacall, Tillman, Alfredo Morales. Yeah. And at least with Pomacall, you know he's going to try to push the game a little bit. He has a little bit of that De La Torre uh, impetus to him. So how do we line up against Mexico? You going first? I think you should go first. 
All right, so I'm I'm very much of the school that we should uh, basically start with the Panama lineup and work backwards in in how you how you make this work because winning at Panama, winning the home game against Panama, uh, is the most important thing we can do to secure well, qualification. Well, then maybe you should start with the Panama lineup. There we go. Thank good. I'm glad you let me do that because that's be easier. <laughs> so I don't have to keep referring back to the lineup that I haven't announced yet. I think I think we should note though it's not necessarily true that Burhalter sees it that way. I mean. Again, we're we're back to the question of how seriously do we take all his specific statements in these press conferences, but he didn't he didn't say like anything that would indicate that he agrees with what you just said. No, and if you if you are going to parse what he's saying, it would be the opposite. I think he was saying like these guys should all be able to uh run those games back to back. And he specifically said that they'd been in contact with other teams, I'm assuming like other CONCACAF teams, but it could be MLS teams too have been playing Mexico City and then coming back to the States, uh, that their players have been okay to play on short turnaround after after running at the Azteca. So if you're going by his language, then you would I would not expect this leaning on rotation. The other thing is obviously Anthony Robinson was not going to be rotated because his backup is Serginio Death. So one of those two guys at least was going to be starting both Mexico and Panama. I would still expect Robinson to start both games. Yeah, I mean Oh, for sure. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way he would then be like, oh, well, now that I have Bello, I will change my my <laughs> earlier decision about what to do with Anthony Robbins. Uh, so that being said, my Panama lineup then. Is that what yeah, we're doing? Let's do it. The big game. The big game, which I think we're going to I think we're going to cruise in, uh, to be honest. I know it's possible that we won't. It's a 90 minute soccer game and things can happen. Uh, but the game, I think we will cruise and end up winning pretty comfortably. Jesus Ferreira up top. I'm going back. I'm going top to back to bottom because I want to start with Jesus Ferreira. He's my guy. Frere up top, Pulisic and Way on the wings. Uh, MMA midfield only. It's I'm sorry, it's not MMA because we're missing McKinney. Uh Musa, Luca as my eights, and I actually do have Kellen Acosta in here instead of Adams because I am throwing Adams into Mexico City. Okay. Uh, and then I've got. Go ahead. Why? Why? Why Adams in Mexico City and not Pan- against Panama? Because I don't want to run him back to back, and I do want Adams to. Uh, make sure that we get two games out of him. Should we should we be in a position where the Costa Rica game matters? I don't want Adams to have only played Panama. And if he gets if if we sit him in Mexico, play him against Panama, and he gets a yellow card, then he can't play Costa Rica. Okay, and we would only get one game out of him. Do you not worry that uh, like Panama hitting us on the counter is going to be a little bit more dangerous with Acosta as the sixth than Adams as the sixth? Maybe, but I'm 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 willing to take the uh, guarantee of more Adams minutes in the window as outweighing it. I think, I think Acosta will be fine. I don't think Panama is very good, to be quite honest. Uh, I think we gave them a gift of a, of a three points in, down in Panama, and I think that Acosta will hold it down well. Okay. Plus, he delivers some set pieces. Yeah. Second best set piece deliverer on the national <laughs> at team. At worst. At worst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my back line here is going to be Jedi, and then I don't care about the right back now that Dest is gone. It could be Cannon or Yedlin. doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know what? I take that back. It's going to be Cannon, but this is a, a, kind of like Adams. This is a reverse thing where it's actually because I want Yedlin in Mexico City. Okay. So Yedlin and Adams are the two that get chosen for Mexico City first of all, and then you work backwards. But the rest of the, the— Everyone else, Panama first. And my goalkeeper, I'm, I'm throwing Horvath in here uh, because I do think he's a better shot stopper than— than Stefan, but whatever. If it's Stefan, we're still beating Panama. 
can you tell the can you tell me the center backs again? Uh, I don't care. I actually don't care. It could be any of the four that are here uh, because I think that they the center backs. I'm fine going back to back Mexico and Panama, uh, and I think all of them will be fine. None of them are going to be guys who will uh, carve the opponent up. So it's not like we're getting a big boost uh, in that regard. And I think they will all be fine to shut Panama down. Like I think we will have no problem shutting Panama down in Orlando. So Zimmerman and Rob, you're fine with Zimmerman and Robinson or Long? Yep. I mean, you're fine with Long too? Fine with Long too. Fine with EPB. Fine with, I probably don't, wouldn't put James Sands in, in a four-man back line. Uh, but any of the sort of four actual center backs, start any two of them. Okay. Well, I don't even feel like I, should, I need to give my starting 11 for Panama because <laughs> it's like, it's like I, I'm... I mean, I had, I put PFOC there. It's just sort of as a projection of what Berhalter said, but you're right. We shouldn't take that too seriously. And, um, and Ferreira does make more sense, especially if Panama is going to pack it in, which you imagine they will to try to, to try to nip a one zero win or something. So yeah, basically the same. I would, I would have Adams as the six just to protect against the counterattack. But that would be like Adams going, you know, starting against Mexico and starting against Panama, which might be lunacy despite all the mind over matter <laughs> talk from coach Mr. Berhalter. I'll also, also make clear, even though Ferrer is my choice, I think whichever striker starts uh, in that Panama home game is going to have a, a game. Like I think they're, they're doing going to be doing a lot. They're going to be dangerous because I think we are going to really control and dominate Panama. We've been really good at creating chances in all of our last several home matches. And I don't think that is going to change. Yeah. So then that, that brings us uh, uh, backward in time to the Mexico game, which is uh, a week from this past Thursday. So this upcoming Thursday. It's coming up. Yeah. How, do you, how are you going to line up for that one? All right. I'll go, I'll go top to front to back again uh, to keep it consistent. So this will be PFOC for me. But if it's Pepe, that's fine too. I'm, again, I'm curious about how either of these guys will work if we're trying to run like a high pressing scheme and working against the ball to try to create a transition um, attack against Mexico. Uh, because again, Pepe has been called out by Berhalter, not in like a super negative way, just in like a, he was not quite following the plan defensively. Uh, that was way back in September. So it could have been fixed between then and now. But he hasn't had a ton of time in camps to, to straighten that out. Uh, and PFOC just hasn't played that much for the U.S., certainly not where we've been doing a lot of like high pressing. His most, most of his minutes came against Canada, where we weren't really setting up that press. Canada didn't, re- didn't really let us do that. So I'm, I'm curious to see how well those two play against the ball, if we end up playing a lot against the ball. Okay. Yeah, I think Pepe, uh, I'm with you where it doesn't really matter to me who starts at striker. But I think I can't help but fantasize about Pepe scoring a goal at DS Tech. <laughs> I mean, the the drama, the the storylines would be unbelievable. All right, and and since I gave my like the the whoever strike whoever starts at striker against Panama like preemptive credit for having a good game, I think I'm go- I'm going to do the opposite here. Like whoever starts against Mexico probably will not look that good as at striker things because I think we're gonna we could have a really hard time creating things against Mexico. Uh, I'm, ho- I hope I'm wrong, but you know, based on how we have looked on the road throughout qualifying combined with the fact that we aren't always great at creating moments for the striker, uh, 
against good teams just makes me a little bit skeptical that any of our strikers in this game will look good. And I don't want to put it on them for being like bad in that game. I just feel like that will probably be the case. That makes me say that makes me lean towards PFOC despite the storylines. Cause, <laughs> cause, cause he will be able to, you know, he is a little bit more capable of being a target, bringing the ball down, giving, giving us a little breathing room. And then, you know, in the, in the counterattack, heading the ball into the goal you know, or, right. or using his thigh or whatever he has to do. He, and just my, my obligatory here, like a dis- distinction of not necessarily that he's better at heading the ball, but just that he knows where to get to, to where the ball will hit his head. <laughs> Soccer's a simple game. Uh, what about, what about your wingers? Who are you going to put on the wing? So I'm running Aronson and Ariola here and they are just going to be just horrendous nuisances uh, for Mexico to try to play against. Just rabid squirrels. Just terriers. Yep. So that, those, that's my, uh, my front three. Okay. I have, I have Wea and Pulisic starting this game, but that's probably crazy too. I mean, I mean, Pulisic's playing so well right now for Chelsea. Uh, it, it feels like it'd be a shame not to, not to play him, but I do. I mean, of course we got to win the Panama game. That's the one that really matters. I'll defer to you here, Greg. No, I, I think I'm going to be wrong here. And I think it'll be, I think you're probably right. I think we run more of a first choice lineup out there and then make changes earlier. Uh, I hate that because it's like, okay, so at 0-0, zero, zero, you're just going to be like, okay, time to, time to take our best threats off to save them for the next game. Like, I would rather try to kill the first 60 minutes uh, and just eliminate that as a soccer game and then be like, okay, let's see if we can do something in the last 30. Yeah. I mean that makes sense to me. So who's your who's going to be your two midfielders? Or are you going to do a three four three against Mexico? Or are you doing a four three three? Yeah, you 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 busted me out here. I guess starting front to back, uh, that's how it goes. So yeah, I'm I'm only running two, uh, and I got to run. It it hurts, but I, I'm going to run Adams and Luca together. Huh. I don't know if I don't know if Luca can do it, but out of the guys available. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I have to. Maybe because of the choices that we've brought with no Alfredo Morales, maybe maybe we have to go three midfielders. Yeah, I have Adams and Acosta. Um, I mean, that would like if this was a one-off game, that would be the answer in a three-four-three. But um. you know, uh, I think Matt Hartman even like a couple of weeks ago threw this one out there, and and I wouldn't hate it. It would be Sands at the six. Uh, and then sort of any two of the eights. So it could be, because Luca could be an eight and a three-man midfielder. Like I, I, I said, Adams and Luca. I have no idea if Luca can play in a two or if he would just be hung out to dry the same way James Sands was. So it, I probably just need to change, given the personnel that's available here. Probably do need to run a three-man midfield. Okay, so you're changing to a four-three-three here? Yeah, I think I got to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you got to be flexible. You got to be flexible to win points and conquer. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, Yedlin and Robinson makes a lot of sense to me as whether it's a four three three or a three four three as the wide uh, fullbacks slash wingbacks. I I think I think that's that's what you got to do too. I think it's got to be Jedi, and I think Yedlin is just. I think he's perfect for these road matches. And then uh, I guess you're now to to two center backs, but if I was going to do three center backs. I honestly don't know who I'd start between EPB and Aaron Long. I th- I think um 
yeah, there's there's arguments in, in both directions, but Zim, Zimmerman Robinson probably going to be on the field for me. Uh, it's just a matter of who that third one is. Same, and, and I would actually throw Sands in the mix too. If you're going to go three, he could be the central uh, center back. Fair. Flanked by Miles and Zimmerman. Uh, I would be fine with that. So there's no, there's no center back alignment that I'm not going to, that I'm going to be like, oh no, this can't, we can't do the, the job with this group. I guess I'd probably prefer EPB over long. Although, you know, who knows what, you know, what that's going to, what that decision would result in when the game starts. Like EPB might look a little shook in the Azteca. Long might look shook too. Okay. So I guess I got to, I got to clarify for my midfield then. If, if we're going four three three, I think I'm going to actually run Sands as my six. Uh, and Adams and Luca as my eights. Huh. So Adams gets bumped up to eight. Okay. All right. And then I I would play Horvath at keeper. Um, I I have no idea what Berhalter's going to do there. Same. Same. Horvath is my guy for sh- for shot stopping here. And uh, and again, we're just we're just hoping that this is the worst game of football that's ever been played. Uh, and we walk out zero zero. The the dream from, dream smaller is, is the is the motto here. <laughs> For me, the you know stepping back and looking at the window as a whole, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad news lately. I mean, Wes McKenney and Sergio Dest's injuries, um, the the lack of minutes for Reina, Wea, and Adams over you know for various reasons. Um, but but the fact that Pulisic is playing so well is is a really really positive thing and. Um, you know, it's a good a good time for him to. I don't know, like show us who he is, show us what he's got. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I'm not bothered by Wea's lack of minutes at all. I feel like Wea is a guy who's going to jump right in with the national team and do all the things we've seen him doing. And I just see Reyna being back at all as a huge, huge positive. Again, just bringing that guy off the bench, uh, given that the the guys ahead of him are also very competent. So it's like, oh no. Like we got to, we, we're gonna have to play Pulisic and Wea together because Reyna can only come in as a sub. Like that is an amazing sounding rotation to me when yeah. you're playing Panama at home. That feels like a group that can score some goals. Yeah, I I agree. I'm just acknowledging the sort of like the thing that Berhalter said and the sort of the thing that's out there about Wea. But I agree, he's like he's gonna be fine. And I I I have him I have him starting both games. So both of the first two games because I'm assuming we're gonna be qualified after the Panama game and we don't really have to worry about the Costa Rica game. The Costa Rica game is getting horrendously short shrifted in the discourse, isn't it? Yeah. Well, because it's think, because that would be that would be borderline disaster if we if we needed <laughs> points going into that game. Nobody even wants to consider that possibility. That's that's for sure. I think what it is is like people are afraid to have to like concede that that game could matter. Uh, I think it, I think we could definitely be there, but it'll be be by virtue of Costa Rica doing a, a ton of good things for themselves in the window, namely getting the the win. Uh, at home against Canada in the first day. Oof, if they get that win against Canada. Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, I'll just say one more time, like no matter what lineup we throw out in the Azteca, like we are underdogs to win. We are not going to be the most likely team to win that game, no matter what group we throw out. So that's probably just my like pessimism coming through. Uh, but there's there's that chance to do something really special. So that would be, that would be amazing. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. And I'm hoping we go about it by making it ugly and then steal something in the last 15 minutes. I mean, you could t- totally see that happening, especially with Reina coming off the bench. Um, 
Reyna and Pulisic coming in, coming in like together in the 75th minute. Let's do it. Yeah. And then, um, anything to say about Mexico, uh, right now? I mean, they, they have a, they got Raul Jimenez coming in. I mean, they, they, they have some players in good form. Hector Herrera is playing well lately. So is, um, so is Tecatito. I mean, they don't have Chicharito. They don't have Carlos Vela. We've, we've got this, we've got this in the bag. <laughs> for, I mean, for those of you who are not following the team, they haven't had Chicharito or Vela for like a couple of years, I think. Was the World Cup the last time they would have played? I believe 2018. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, big, big week coming up, guys. Uh, lots of episodes of the podcast. Probably too many. And then, um, <laughs> and then a big get together in Orlando. We've got 90 confirmed for the tailgate just in the Discord, and uh, it's an open invitation, so anybody can come. There's not going to be enough beer, honestly, but. Um, <laughs> So bring a little bit of beer. And then we're doing the five-a-side. Uh, I won't try to say the name of it because I always get it wrong, but it's the Greg Velasquez Memorial Five-a-side Tournament of Roses. And that Nailed is, it, Bells. That is, that is 10 a.m. on Sunday, the 27th, at the John H. Jackson Community Center, uh, just, a few, just a few blocks south of the stadium. And, uh, and we might not be able to record the, the five-a-side recap before the – or before the Panama game kicks off. So that might, that recap might come later on in the week. Um, I, I have it on some authority that Taylor Rockwell will be there and Bobby Warshaw. Um, and then uh, couldn't get Joe Lowry to do the recap. He refused. <laughs> uh, also, I should just say this podcast is ad free and listener supported. If you'd like to support us, uh, hit the Patreon link in the show notes. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see ya.